Blog Talk Radio. Black Politics Today. An eye for what's at stake in global politics and your source for the social, economic, and political impact of public policy on the African American community. Your host, Kelly Michael Williams, is a political strategy veteran with an undefeated campaign record and the political experience that spans nearly three decades from Mayor Willie Brown in California to President Barack Obama in our nation's capital. So get ready for a fresh and honest approach on the politics that affect you and your family the most. Now, your host, Kelly Michael Williams. One day when the glory comes, it will be out, it will be When the war is won, we will be sure, we will be the heavens, no man, no weapon, formed against, yes, glory is destined, everyday women and men become legends, sins that go against our skin become blessings, the movement is a rhythm to us, freedom is like religion to us, justice is juxtaposition in us, justice for all just ain't specific enough, one son died, the spirit is revisiting us, true and living, living in us, resistance is us. That's why Rosa sat on the bus That's why we walked through Ferguson with our hands up When it goes down, we woman and man up They say stay down and we stand up Shots, we on the ground, the camera panned up King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up One day, when the glory comes It will be out, it will be When the war is won, we will be sure, we will be Just for allowing me to host this broadcast, for me to be able to 
sit here and talk to you guys and, and, and have you uh, listen and participate, watch our town halls, uh, subscribe to our magazine, uh, contribute to our magazine, all those great things we are grateful to and, and are thankful for your support um, because truly you don't have to do it. It's not required of you, and uh, you do it out of the abundance of your heart, out of your graciousness and your kindness to support us and to support what we're doing as we're trying to enlighten, empower, and engage the black community and the social, economic, and political aspects of this country and the impact of what's happening in our community. Uh, because as, as, as many of us have seen and know uh, from time when you were a little kid up until now, but certainly over the last three and a half years, four years, uh, everything, everything has impacted the black community. And as anything, as we all know, we're always impacted the most. And it's for this reason that I publicly thank God each and every week because our guests don't take, they, I mean, they don't have to take time out of their busy schedules. They don't have to take time to accommodate me and, and support uh, this broadcast. Oh, excuse me, and support this broadcast and come on each and every week to share their wisdom, their insight. And, and you know, I'm disrupting their time zones. I'm, I'm, I'm disrupting, you know, maybe their dinner, anything of that nature. But the fact that they do that each and every week, uh, I'm grateful to them and I thank them. And, and I just say, thank you, Lord, because I realize that it's, it's, you know, through his grace and mercy that these guys are doing it and these women do it each and every week. And so it's always good for me to say thank you uh, up front because I can get long-winded, get too much into uh, what we're discussing tonight and get angry and pissed off. And I'll forget to say thank you to the people who are supporting and best and, 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 and uh, talking to us to help us get the word out and, and help us to impact what's going on in our community. So I'm um, grateful to them and honor for them to do that. And each and every week, I have to say thank you uh, uh, to my Lord and Savior, just because I know it's only him. that I call these people, text these people, email these people, that they say, sure, I'll do it. Uh, a lot of times, they don't even know who I am, but they're willing to do it. So I'm grateful to that. As, as I think about and look at where we are right now, I believe that this is our destiny of truth. Because Black America, this is our inflection point. This is where we are right now, and we have to make a decision that will impact our community, our community as a race, and our families, socially, economically, and politically. And this is going to impact us for the next 100 years, the next century. This November 3rd election will impact our lives, and I don't mean yours and mine right now, but I mean ours as our family, yours and mine, your children, and your grandchildren. I mean, if you think about it right now, if you're 40 years old right now, and if you have a child that's 10, this next election, literally, in terms of laws and public policy, could literally affect not only you, but say the next 40 years. Let's say you live to be 80, right? That then your child is 10, she's 50. That child has a child. That child would be, let's say, 20 or so. Whatever happens on November 3rd will literally affect you, your child, and your grandchild, possibly a great-grandchild, if you live past 80 today, if you're 40. I need you to think about that. 
Because that right there should be the reason why you get your butt up, get out, and vote. And not just vote this time, but you vote every goddamn time there is an election out there. I don't care if you vote for how much water come out of your spigot. You better take your black behind out there and you better vote. Because the reason why our communities live the way they do, they have the way they do, is because we sit on our black behind, we sit on our behind, we don't get out there and do what the hell we're supposed to do. And we say they're going to do what the hell they want to do, and you don't do what the hell they want to do because you don't stop them, you don't try to stop them, and you let them do it. Yeah, we got to blame them from some stuff, but we're going to blame your behind for the rest of it. Because that is one thing that we can do and we can fight for. Even with the suppression that they're doing, even with all the lies they're telling, even with that, collectively, if we get our butts together, we can still do it. They did it in, in, in uh, Selma. That's why I played Glory. They did it in Alabama with the bus boycott. They did it in 64 and 65 with the march across Pettus Bridge and the Civil Rights uh, Act um, and the Voting Rights Act. We've done it, and now we've got to do it again. So all you millennials who are lazy, always want to do everything with the Twitter and the Facebook and everything else, get some darn gone shoes and let's walk. I'm not talking about walking and marching. I'm talking about walking for purpose and a principle and making some policy agenda and making real change for our community and walking in our community so that the boneheads that are in our community stop breaking up, busting up, and, and doing what the hell they're doing in our community. And we don't have to wait for somebody white to come in our community to gentrify it. And then all of a sudden, then the property value goes up, and then the streets get fixed and everything else. If your butt's voting in your community, you don't have street lights, you can go to your city council and you can get your street lights fixed. If you don't have school or after school programs, you're voting in that community, you can make sure that the city council member or the county council or whoever it is in that community, make sure they get some funding from the city and put out a darn community center. And then whoever represents that area from the state, you get some state grant funding for that community. If there's a CVS, if there's a dry cleaners, if there's a supermarket in that community, you go to them and you make them pay for it because they're in the community. They're getting dollars from you, money from you, whether it be WIC, food stamp, or your paycheck. They're getting money from you, so you make them pay for the darn community center. That's what we have to do. I'm sick and tired of getting pissed off at GOP and Democrats for not doing what the hell they're supposed to do. But I'm even worse pissed off at you for not doing what you're supposed to do. Because you're willing to sit back and let it happen. I have no doubt that the Republicans are going to make damn sure that you don't get a chance to vote in this election. And when you ask yourself why, think about it. They don't care about the fact that you don't have nothing, and they really don't care whether you vote or not. Because in most cases, they figure that you don't have enough power to vote to get them out of office anyway. But when they get an inflection point, when stuff starts changing, that's when they come out and they start making sure you cannot vote, you cannot you know, get jobs, you can't do anything. That's when it comes out. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm a realist. I'm an optimist. But I do know how the GOP works. 
having worked in politics as long as I have, having run campaigns against them as long as I have. I know how the suckers work. And the suckers are evil, they're conniving, and they want power. And that's all they want. That's all they've ever wanted. And they're willing to wait 5, 10, 15, even 20 years to get it. That's why the courts are stacked. That's why they're going out there making sure that everyone's got their guns. And that's why they're out there making sure that you cannot vote and why they put in voter ID. Because they realize that most of you, when you get out of prison or county jail, you don't have any ID. And you're too lazy to go get some because you're not going to drive because your license are suspended or whatever the case may be. So they know somebody else is going to be driving you around or doing something. You're going to be sitting on the corner doing the bus job, whatever the hell it is. So that's why they made you get ID because they know your dumb ass ain't going to go get it. But what you should have done was when Barack Obama was in office, instead of sitting on your behind thinking kumbaya, the savior is here, you should have been voting because that's when they were planning. And they planned our asses right out of the damn pie. And now they're cutting the pieces, and we're sitting there eating the shit that they're giving us. The GOP won the majority of what was going on in 16 and 18. And never once questioned the vote. They never questioned whether or not Donald Trump won, whether it was fraud or anything like that. They never questioned. They never questioned in 18 when Democrats won the and the Republicans kept the Senate. They never questioned the vote. So why are they questioning in 2020? Because it's about power. It's about the necessity to make sure they can continue doing what they want to do. When you have members of Congress, governors, even U.S. senators questioning America's democracy for the purpose of supporting and spewing a narrative that only works to benefit Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin, you have to say, why are they doing that? And to help me answer that question and many more, is Hopkinsville, Kentucky City Council Ward 1 Council Member Dr. Darvin Adams I and Principal at the Pelote Strategic Advisors, Pelote Strategic Advisors, my good friend from Sacramento, California, Willie Pelote uh, Sr. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Kelly. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call at 516-590-0143. That's 516-590-0143. And if you know some Republicans out there, tell them to call. I would welcome their debate. Darwin, let me start with you, my brother. You're, you're a city council member there in, in Kentucky. You're running for re-election. Uh, how's it going, and, and what are the issues that you're battling with? Thank you so very much, Kelly Williams, for having me back with you again on this very, very relevant and powerful um, radio discussion there from Washington, D.C. We love your work, and we support all that you do, Mr. Williams. I have to agree with you just by way of introduction that I believe that we're definitely ensconced in, in what you would call the destiny of our truth or the destiny of truth. Our destinies will be determined by the truth that we tell and the truth that we live out here in the upcoming three and a half weeks as we move forward our local, state, and national elections. Our destinies are inextricably intertwined into our innate ability to live out the truth of our lives and the truth of our culture as it exists in our neighborhoods and communities. Not only must we turn out in record numbers to vote on November the 3rd, but we must also know the issues well enough to vote for the right candidate. So, Mr. Kelly, I am um, Hopkinsville 
um, City Council Ward 1, which comprises of the east side of Hopkinsville. It is um, uh, east side of Hopkinsville is what they would consider um, inner, an inner city. And, um, I was elected back in 2018, and I've won two consecutive May primaries, and I'm hoping to win a second general election in November uh, to serve a second term and to finish the work that I started two years ago. Uh, say you got this, so we're gonna yeah, we're gonna, I, we're gonna I, speak I, positive into it. Yes, sir. I, I hope and pray, but but as as a, as, a, as a registered Democrat, I'm I'm very interested in sitting down with other Democrats, Republicans, and independents to figure out as much as we can in unity. Uh, what's needed in our city. And so over the last two years, Mr. Kelly, I've worked extremely hard to to institute an, an increase in, in quality of life on my side of town, in my neighborhood, and also in the city of Hopkinsville by way of neighborhood development, an increase in quality of life and more lighting, more sidewalks, street pavements, better houses, better apartments, better schools, more resources, economic and otherwise, better jobs, better churches, so on and so forth. And so uh, our, our battle in, in the inner cities of Hopkinsville is one that's it's primarily infrastructural, uh, more so than it is social or p- political. Obviously, we need more economic resources in our neighborhood so that we can function better, so that we can live better, so that we can breathe a little bit better in, in terms of what it means to be um, an inner city in a, in a, in a, in a town that is um, probably 60, 65 percent Caucasian, 30 percent African-American, so on and so forth, going down to Latinos, Mexicans, so on and so forth. But but mm-hmm. our fight is, is just like it is in many other cities uh, throughout the nation. Uh, Mr. Kelly, it, it, it's a grassroots struggle. And uh, we're just trying our very best to to to, to be steadfast and, and movable and always abounding in the work of the Lord, which is connected to the work that we do in our neighborhoods. In Hopkinsville, there are black churches on every corner almost. And, and we're so just hoping me, So let me ask you this, uh, 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 Darwin. Um, are, yes, you sir. have a general election uh, opponent, so is he is, is a Republican opponent that is running in your same district? Yes, sir. Or is he it, is okay. a, a Republican opponent. Her name is Natasha Sophia Francis, a very nice okay. lady, a sweet lady. And uh, she ran against me two years ago in the okay. same general election, and I was able okay. to, to come out victorious. Okay. Well, that's good. So apparently your district is not a typical uh, uh, district that most African-Americans run in. So that is good, and I like that. Uh, and that's, and that's one yeah. of the things that, that, that clearly we have to recognize and understand that uh, if, if, if we're only serving our own district, and we sure. don't have the ability to have other races in our district, then we're pigeonholing ourselves in a, in a community and in a cycle that literally yes, makes sir. us look bad because there's no economic growth coming to that, that, that particular district because businesses, you know, big, medium, small, aren't seeing the viability of coming into those districts. So, so the fact that you have a mixed sure. district, a mixed area is good. So, so given that um, that you ran against the same person that you ran against last time, and, and clearly you guys know each other uh, well enough, what's going to be the difference this time around, and, and how are you seeking to uh, uh, pull this one off again to continue the service? Uh, 
Well, I, well, first of all, uh, my my opponent ran as an independent two years ago, mm-hmm. and um, this time around, she's running as a Republican. Mm-hmm. And she is she is an African American lady, and, but but my ward, my side of town, the east side of town, is a Democrat dominated side of town, and so uh, I'm, I'm, I believe in in rolling up my sleeves, Brother Kelly, doing the work. Um, campaigning as hard as I can, putting down my signs, also giving uh, our constituents uh, uh, the information needed for them to make a good decision on election day, not just signs, but I I like to give them real reasons why they should vote for me. My my work ethic, my educational um, balance, my my work history, uh, my commitment to community service, so on and so forth. So, 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 Darvin. Uh, he, he, yes, sir. <laughs> he, he, here's my take. Here's my take, and 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 I'm gonna come to you, Willie, and you can you can you know uh, add to it, or back me up, or or cut me yeah. however you want to see it do it. But here's my take. If and and I'm, I'm now I know she's African American. That's that's that. Hey, I mean you know I'm sorry, sister. We gonna cut you. But here's my take. If you ran as an independent last time, you ran as an independent last time and you didn't make it. But now for political advantage. You're going to run as a Republican because you feel like, okay, well, there's enough Republicans in the district that's going to now switch over. You selling sure. out for political mm. purposes. Have you called yes. her out on that yet? No, 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 no. I, I, for the oh, most oh part, okay, okay, okay. All right. I, so I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't yeah. know who your campaign manager is or your strategist, but here's right. what I would right. do. If I was on your campaign, my sure. next ad, if, I, if, I'm, if we're doing political ads and if we're not, if we have a debate, and debate coming up, my thing is, look, I'm here to serve the district that I grew up in, that I've been serving, and I've been serving as a Democrat, as an independent, and as a Republican. But the one thing I have not done was decided to change my party affiliation just so I can try to make it to the ballot box. And the last thing that we need in this community is someone who's going to flip any time she sees it politically expedient for her to do whatever the right. heck she needs to do rather than having the interest of you, the community. I have served right, you well. Right. I have served you for the last two years, and I want to continue to serve you. And don't worry about me coming to you two years from now saying I'm independent or a Republican because I want right. to do something different for something else. Call her black behind out. I don't care if she's yes, a woman yes. or not. If she's willing to flip <laughs> like that and change, call her butt out right. and say, wait a minute. You doing this for political expediency because you know them white folks over there, them Republicans over there, they're going to give you some more money to help you try to beat me. But what are you going right. to do for this community? Right. Because see, now you're going to be beholden right. to them because right. they just paid for your behind. You just sold right. your black right. behind out for that money over there. Uh-huh. And what the hell are you going to do for this community? Because last year, you was independent. Probably the year before right. that, you was a Democrat. I don't know. Right. But what you were right. then, right. four years ago, right, before you decided to become an independent, now you jump in shit. Yes, no, you call her out. This right. ain't night. No, let me tell you something. Because you've only been in office for two years. Politics is not a nice game. Politics is a sure. game of thrones. And I don't even watch the game right. of thrones. I can just tell you just from the sound of it, I know it's about fighting and it's about crooks. Republicans right. go right. for the jugular. They don't pussyfoot around. They don't act nice. They're not saying niceties. They tell you what the hell they're going to do, and then they try to do it. And they ram it down your throat. Sure. This is not a game right, of right. playing deuces. This ain't dominoes. Sure. You're not getting for 15 because yeah. you slammed it on the table. All right? You need to go yes, out sir. there. You yes, need sir. to put your foot on her neck, and you need to break her neck. Because right. if she right. got into the game, 
She she got into What's the up? game. She had to come in with some back. And if she don't have no back, sure. you break her neck. I don't care if it's a female or a male. Right. Okay? This right. is politics. And uh, this is about the future of our community. This is about the future of us. I do not care. Right. She's on the wrong side now. She's a Republican now. She's sure. off limits. Sure. She, I mean, all yeah. bets are off. But if I need to fly to Kentucky, I'll do it. Okay. No, you good. Because you good. You good. You right good. here. You oh, good. You good. Hell no. Hell no. Uh-uh. Good. no brother Willie. No, brother Willie. Kelly. Go ahead. Go ahead, Darby. Yeah. Hold on, Willie. Oh, Go no, ahead, Darby. I, I, I was just gonna say, brother Kelly, I, I hear you loud and clear, my friend. I love you so much for your wisdom and your knowledge and your understanding. We've done the work in our campaign, and 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 I feel as though that my constituents, the people who support me on both sides of the coin, uh, I, they fully understand. <laughs> Uh, her political inconsistencies in terms of of parlaying in and out of of, of political parties. So uh, uh, what I've done is just just run a campaign, done the work, done the hard work, debated hard, strategized hard, and presented myself as an ultra ultra strong candidate uh, for those to to vote for in the upcoming election, regardless of who my opponent is. But I hear you laugh. And that's what you need to do. It's it's really a larger issue. They're doing it all over the country as well. Exactly. And that's what I'm about to say to you, because this is about power, Darvin. This is about power. Elections are about power because they get to control the purse strings. They get to control everything that goes on in that city council, in that state legislature, and in Congress. This is not about, oh, I just want to get elected because I want to do everything for the people. No, no, no. Republicans ain't doing nothing for the people. Republicans are doing everything for the party and for themselves. They're looking to get paid. Mm-hmm. They're looking to get into the end rows. Democrats are trying to do something for the people, and then they can never get the money to yes, do sir. it. So then they get talked about. Yes, sir. All right? Willie, local yes, elections, sir. man. Yes. Local elections like this are the heart of the, of the cities across the country. And in and, and your capacity yes, as a lobbyist and an advocate, what advice can you give uh, Darwin and, and other uh, incumbents and people who are running for office when they're seeking elective office in this type of elective cycle? Because right there, a, a black woman who, who, who started out as an independent, then came back as a Republican two years later and running against it. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> I mean, Kelly, you are exactly correct. And I mean, to my brother who is running for reelection and have served sure, his sure. constituents well, uh, she made the decision that there are some votes and she changed to be a Republican and she's probably been recruited that way. So some people are looking at the thing that you've done and may not like what you have achieved for your constituents sure. as well as you might think they do. So they re, she's been sure. recruited to run as a Republican, not only for money, but to get a larger percentage of the Republican vote in hopes of overcoming And the black vote, and to split that black vote. And, yeah, yeah. And, over, yeah. and, and she'll split some of that, but to really overcome uh, the election and win uh, may not be the best. Obviously, it's not the best interest of the community, so Kelly is, uh, uh, Kelly is exactly correct. You have to remind people of that and put it out front and center that a person yes, who sir. wanted to be an independent didn't believe in either party. Now they have made a change all of a sudden to run as a Republican. Is that person's views? And what they will do once elected is in the best interest of the people that you have represented very well. So you have right. to talk about right. it. And then you have to make sure, and I'm sure that you have it, a great infrastructure to not only get your people out on election day, but voting in most places is now. Make sure they know now, if, if you don't have early voting in your district now, but getting them prepared for it so they can cast that ballot and knowing that you've identified those who will support you and making sure that they cast that ballot. 
sure. That's very important. I mean, Kelly knows we ran elections for Willie Brown when we both worked for this. He was a speaker at the time. We ran elections throughout the state. One of the success stories is that Republicans would throw everything, including the kitchen sink at him, including pictures of Willie, looked like he was out of some jungle with goat teeth and all this stuff, and we never lost an right. election because we went to the people. We listened sure. to the voters. We talked about the issue. We told them that they, we would work with them to put together the agenda that they cared about most, and then what Willie made sure happened is we executed those agendas to make sure that we improved the community, the quality of life, and the things that mattered to them the most in their communities, and they sure. stood up, and we delivered, and we, and we always brought home the bacon, which was fantastic, and that's what this yes, sir. election is about. This is election is about that clear and simple. Wherever you live out there that are listening to Kelly's show, whatever state that you may live in, by now you should know what are the process and the procedures for you to cast a ballot. If you have early voting, if you have absentee ballot, you have voting by mail, whatever they might call it, you now should know what is that process that you have to go through. And it should be clear to you. When they and Willie, the house. yeah, and and talked about how talk about how important it is for elected officials like Darvin to connect with their constituents, especially early, to get them to support him and to advocate for him, as and they become de facto surrogates for him. So, like especially as, in a time like this with COVID, when he can't really get out there um, on a on a regular basis as we normally would, the way you and I used to do it, sure. um, the the idea of just being, you know, I mean, from day one out the gate, making sure you're building um, uh, affiliations and relationships with your constituents across the district, everywhere, so that they become de facto surrogates for you. So they talk on your behalf when you're not even around. Right. Oh, exactly. Right, right. Correct. And let me ask you something. Are you, is this by district by district or is this election at large? This is a general election for the entire city. And, and because it's a, a citywide election, uh, Brother Kelly, my friend from California, I've been able to, to, to campaign throughout the city. I've been able to get out. Okay. I wear masks and I take people. I protect myself. Okay. You know, we, we do signs. We, we, we do pamphlets. We do phone calls. You know, we do behind closed door meetings. I've been able to, to run an effective campaign just by Good. way of, of implementing a, a strategy that not only unites people but reaches as many people as possible. So COVID nineteen. So it, it sounds like it sounds like Willie. It, it sounds like it's a Stockton, California race where you run for the mm-hmm. district and the primary, but then you run citywide for the general. Is that mm-hmm. what you're doing, Darvin? That's it, Kelly. That's it, sir. Brother, you should have called and then, me. And, 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 I'll be there. And, <laughs> and how many registered voters do you have, and what's the breakdown of the voters in the district? Um. The district is is small uh, compared to maybe nine ninety five hundred, maybe close to ten thousand people throughout the city. The city holds about forty five thousand okay. people. We get about anywhere from twenty twenty one percent of voters, both on on the, on the Republican and the Democratic side, with with a okay. few growing numbers of independents as well. And obviously, you yeah. you have been IDing your supporters, correct? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely on both sides. So, so, so okay, you have. Oh, that's I, good. I've campaigned. 
I've campaigned and strategized publicly, privately, um, theologically, whatever, to make sure that we're reaching as many people as possible. And so I'm, I'm not necessarily a politician as much as I am an organizational leader, a visionary Perfect. leader. Perfect. Let me ask you this because as I as I look back through um, as, as I as I think about Kentucky and as I've gone back um, and looking over things, but just in the general section, I mean, not just Kentucky. Um, I'm speaking of Kentucky because right. that's where you are. But the reality of it is this: sure. is that in, in state elections and national elections, black folks need to reset. We need to reset. Oh yeah. And we need to focus oh, yeah. on the policies and the people representing us at every level of government. And I don't think we do that. And, the, and that interest being uh, understanding how government works and the policies and procedures that get put in place when we don't participate and we're not active. And even after we mm-hmm. vote, how mm-hmm. we're not active mm-hmm. at that city council meeting, we're not active at that county council meeting, we're not active at that state legislator meeting, and we're not active at, at the congressional cool. level either. So what uh, cool. the, 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 the reality of it is, is that there's only seven, I mean, and looking at your state legislature, there are seven black folks total in the state legislature out of 140, sure. right? Yes, sir. There, there's, there's no black representation whatsoever. So our issues are not going to get heard at the state level. So they have right. to get heard at the city level. And, and, and every level. city, exactly. that's right, at, at the local level. So every right. city has to now come together and fight. And you guys have yeah. sure that you're putting together those fights. So in that, with that understanding and how that's working, you said you've built coalitions and you've done those things. Oh, how are black okay. folks and how are they looking and perceiving this particular election, not just locally, but statewide and nationally for the reset that needs to happen? Well, I, I think you're right. First of all, Kelly, it, I, I believe just as, as a resident of the state of Kentucky that, that it, it's best to try to affect positive change infrastructure growth, uh, very, very good organizational leadership at the local level. Because in the state of Kentucky, it's very difficult to, to, to put yourself in, into a statewide race and, and be of African-American descent, you know, because if you're not with, with the predominant party or if you're not with the preeminent group of people, the haves you know, versus the have-nots, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to win a statewide election. So you're right, Kelly. That's a great, great point that you're making and that it's best to try your very best to institute the change that you want to see at, at the local level. So right now in Kentucky, you know, we understand that, that Mitch McConnell is being challenged by um, a young lady by the name of Amy McGrath. Amy McGrath, um, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure what kind of chance she has to, to, to upset or, or to unseat uh, McConnell mm-hmm. in, in, in that particular race. But I, I do know that, that locally African-Americans are excited we're, we're, we're bantering up. We're, we're getting transportation uh, for, for all people. We're, we're, we're making phone calls. We're, we're reuniting to cast a vote at the local level and also at the national level for uh, uh, the president of the United States. I'm not sure how excited we are about the state races because we don't have many African-Americans who either made it out of the May primary or the June primary this year due mm-hmm. to COVID and, and it's casted their vote or casted their presence into being elected versus, you know, a, a, a Republican opponent in the general election in, in, in Senate and caucuses and so on and so forth. Recently, we we were able to 
put a Democratic governor in office by the name of Andy Bashir. Right, Andy and, Bashir. And he right. defeated. Uh, he he defeated uh, um, a Governor Bevin, who was a staunch Republican right. and 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 probably one of one of the true disciples of Donald Trump. So uh, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much juice we have to help Amy McGrath well, unseat McConnell. Well, what but we're definitely excited is, about the local and the national yeah. elections. Yeah, well, what you got to do is whatever you have, you have to expend it. It does you no good to hold on to it. It's like timeouts. You don't keep timeouts on the board if you're behind. You keep timeouts on the yeah. board if you're ahead. So when you got right, timeouts, right. you got to call timeouts, and you got to strategize, and you got to get out there and get to it. Willie, um, yes, when we, we, we were talking, to, I think, yesterday about uh, black people needing to vote. And the problem is, unfortunately, is that you got black folks who aren't unapologetic about their vote. Um, they, you know, right. you got Michael Brown right. in Ferguson. Right. He gets killed. You got a, a Republican mayor who wins his election by less than 50 percent the first time. But you got a 68 percent black population in the city of Ferguson, and they only show right. up to 12 percent to vote. And it's like, what, right. what, what, what are you doing? So when, when mm. you don't have that and you're thinking about that, they didn't support the black woman in Ferguson who was running for, for running for mayor against him. She was on the city sure. council. They didn't even support her. I mean, they finally, right. so he gets turned out and, and they leave and they put someone else in there. But, but that's like, I'm telling um, Darwin, even when you don't know how much power or juice you have or how excited you are, excite, Democrats sure. have to get over this excitement crap. And we have to look at it from a policy and political power standpoint. I don't like you. Mm-hmm. You don't do it for me. But I need to put your butt in there mm-hmm. so I can hold you accountable. Get what I need out of you. That the, mm-hmm. the, the, the yeah. idea of what needs to happen is is where we are. And the current crisis that we're dealing with right now, Willie, is that we have to engage them, but they don't want to be engaged because they feel like right. Right. I already tried. It didn't work. And, you know, you got ten people who who voted, but the other fifty didn't vote. So that ten people who did who voted are like, well. I, I tried. It didn't work. That's because you didn't get the other 50 to go. Exactly. If you would have got one person with you, you would have had 20. And if they would have got mm-hmm. one person with them, they would have had 30. And if they got one that's person, right. and it's just that whole point of just getting one other person. And that's the thing that, that, that bothers me, irks me, and, and I got some fear, but I'm also pissed off about with this election is that sure. we keep talking about, I don't like Biden, Biden's 1994 crime bill. Okay, look, if your butt don't do right. the crime, you're not going to do the time. And the other thing about that is no one's talking about the fact that that is a federal law. The most mm-hmm. brothers that get locked up in, in or in state uh, during charges, not federal charges. Right. Right. And right. no one's talking right. about that. Right. Or every case of ignorant black folks who are sitting here talking about Joe Biden and what he did at federal level, they don't even realize sure. what he did at federal level didn't affect their state. And so they're yeah. they're sitting there, yeah. you know, forcing and talking about that. So so mm-hmm. it, 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 in you know, where is it and, and what needs to happen to help black folks recognize the need for them to vote in every election, regardless of whether they like sure. the person, don't like the person, or want the person? Or not. Right, right. Well, well Kelly, that, Kelly you know, I'm sorry, black, ahead, folks, ahead. black folks in black communities, the lack of that kind of leadership ends up with you living in squalor for the rest of your life. It'll be another 400 years. But if you want to effect change, then you got to build the infrastructure and the leadership in your communities yourselves. You can't wish for someone to come in and do it with you. If you have a problem in your K-12 education, if you don't have affordable sure. housing, 
if you don't have slots for child care, if you're being brutalized sure. by the police, if you don't have paved streets, lights, you don't have good libraries yeah. in your community, you don't have yeah. jobs and economic resources to help you create jobs, if you don't have home ownership, then that's telling you what's happening. You're not participating. You're not engaged. And when sure. you're not engaged, people will take all of what you should have in your communities. We are a resilient people, but it's time for us to get up off the couch, like you said earlier, educate ourselves about the political process and the system and how it operates, and then go out and do our fair share in protecting our own interests first. Those are God's blessings for us. And if we don't do that, we will continue for the next 400 years to be the one at the lowest point of the totem pole blaming someone else instead of standing up and said, I need to engage and take care of sure. business. It's very clear. Sure. Yeah. That's always yeah. the way things work. And what you guys have talked about, politics is local. It's nothing better than being in cities and counties and school districts and fire districts making the decision because you're close to the people. Black community needs to train, like you said, Kelly, reset. Sure. And then train yeah. each other about every aspect of government. Some will be responsible for looking at the city council, the board of supervisors, school districts, but they will be properly trained to hold people accountable. And once we have elected you, black folks need to have that agenda on the things that I just talked about to make sure yeah. that we then get our fair share from the government right, structure. Right. We all pay taxes. Yeah. We yeah. all work. Yeah. The natural resources belongs to all of us. But until sure. the black community said this is my responsibility and not wait and wish that someone is going to do it for me, it's, not, it's never going to change until we engage it and do that ourselves. And that's yeah. going to make the difference. Yeah. But you've got to yeah, understand, if you don't vote, if you don't vote, then you are you looking vote. the other way from everyone, from Angela Davis, you look another way from Martin Luther King, Brooker T. Washington. You saying what they went through, John right. Lewis, Breonna Taylor, sure. Floyd, everything they went through, you're saying it does not matter to you because somehow you think you can sit on the front porch and one day it's all just going to show up. They were brutalized sure. to give you the right to engage a democracy. Mm, now right. it's time to do it. And when you do vote, Know the difference between Biden and Harris. Know the difference That's between right. McConnell when it comes to who is going to be more susceptible to hearing your right. issues and carrying that right. baton to make sure that you get your rightful due. Because we McConnell can't continue to wait yeah. in this country. McConnell yeah. needs to go. Yeah, right. He's got to go. If you want to the conversation, but that's give in us a call states, states, Kelly. Those yeah, exactly. Exactly. Give us a call at 516-590-0143. It's 516-590-0143 if you want to join the conversation. Um, um, Darvin, let me ask you this, because um, one of the things that really uh, uh, you know, gets me, and as I said about you know us not really participating, that's, that's nationwide. I mean, what, I'm not talking about Kentucky. I'm talking about nationwide. That's, that's everywhere. Right. It just right. irks the hell out of me. Um, but in a state like Kentucky, when you only have seven folks at the state level and representing um, seven districts, <laughs> and most of them, uh, as I recall, most of them are coming out of the county, out of Louisville, um, two state senators, and I, I can't remember where they were where they were out of. 
But let me ask you this. Black voters in the state understand the, the ramifications of, of what could happen if, if, if they don't support a McGrath and get rid of a McConnell. And and that sure. if they don't don't do like they did with Bashir, I mean, you've had a, 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 a Democratic governor uh, twice in the past. I think it was his father before him, sure. and then exactly. him. Exactly. Um, and that's been in the last twenty years because I think the last uh, yeah. the last one only served one term, but the one before him, I think um, uh, that was the Republican as well. I believe I can't remember, but given given the idea yeah. of of what uh, the, the the community and the citizens think are they so beaten down that they've come to the idea that they're going to do what they want to do philosophy, or have they decided um, that voting in Kentucky doesn't matter because it's it, you know because it's so um, so red and so Republican that they feel like their vote's not going to change anything even though they've elected governors uh, Democratic governors in in the past two decades. Yeah, that's a great question, Kelly. It kind of feeds into uh, what my friend there from California had put out to us. Uh, there's a large percentage of African Americans in, in the Commonwealth of Kentucky whom I feel that they know what's at stake. They, they they know what they need to do. They they are committed to being registered, committed to uh, uh, developing themselves and putting themselves in a position to where uh, they can be a part of the vote. And and and, and my problem with that, Kelly, and I, and you and I wrote it here in my most recent article for Black Politics Today, is, is that aside from and in addition to um, the reality of, of having the constitutional right to vote, the Voting Rights Act of 1965 guaranteed us all an opportunity to vote in local, state, mm-hmm. and, and national elections, I, I, I think what, what we're seeing is that, that there's a small percentage of African Americans who are not as informed as other or others are, and because they're not up on the policies that, that come from the state and, and, and trickle down from a national perspective, uh, they struggle a little bit with knowing what the real issues are in the upcoming election. And so what happens is that when you don't know the policies and you don't know the issues and, mm-hmm. and you don't know what, what's really at the root of, of, of keeping black folk oppressed and deprived of whatever they need to live to live a decent and normal life. What happens is that they end up voting for the wrong candidate. And so right. I, I truly believe this is me, aside from the reality of, of, of helping people to understand what it means to be free and to have the freedom, the constitutional right. I keep saying that constitutional right mm-hmm. to vote. I think we need to recommend and help our people to know who the right candidate is. We need to tell them this is who we're looking at from both a, a, a Democratic side and also a, a Republican side, because especially in this upcoming election, you know, there, it, it's a clear-cut case of who is the right candidate for, right. for, for African Americans to vote for. The question is, do you know the issues? Do you know the policies? And do you know what is at stake if we don't vote for the right candidate? And so I, I think we need to recommend to our people. We need to teach our people. We need to talk to our people. We need to hand out personal information of our particular campaigns and give them a generalized docket of the people that we, the, the leaders and, 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 and preachers and pastors and, 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 and experienced folk in, in our community, these are the people that we want you to vote for. So I'm hoping and praying, Kelly, that we all go to the polls on November the 3rd in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a pre-type of a circumstance, a mail-in vote, 
uh, uh, prerogative. I'm hoping that we know the issues well enough, Kelly, that 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 we will vote for the right candidate. And, I, and I'm not here to embrace one and and talk about the other, but I just want to talk about common sense issues when it comes right. to politics in a black community and us knowing policies and issues well enough to make a wise decision about who we want in office for the next four years and two years and so on and so forth. Well, what I would, what I would hey, Kelly, say, Kelly, can I say something to that right away? Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, he, he is so, he is so, he's, 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 uh, what, what do you call it? Spot on. Right. Uh, he's spot on because in our community, the black core black community, there is no political infrastructure. Right. We don't, exactly. we don't know what's happening at a city council when they meet. We don't know that most time you can go up and tell what the agenda is. Sometimes we can influence what goes on the agenda. We don't know that at the county level. We don't know that at the school level. Even when we have blacks in those positions, there's no sure. infrastructure in the black community to track that. And then we need to help build that infrastructure in the black community where they take ownership of that and then start right. influencing right. and tracking it. They don't know that there are certain appointments that are made by all the levels of government so you can be at different tables to have an impact on the policy that gets that ends up telling you what you can do and how you can live in your community. We have to get beyond that and really get to understand how that operates and have folks directly sure. responsible for it. And those reports come back to the larger community so they can understand how they can then have an impact on what happens at those different levels of government. He's exactly correct. But when it comes to the issues, we know the issues. We know we don't have right. a school. We know yeah, we don't yeah, have affordable housing. We know we don't own our own homes. We know we don't have yeah, enough yeah. health care slots and on and on. Yeah. We just don't have an infrastructure on how to hold people accountable to deliver those resources to us to improve right. the quality of life in our community. And we should know that by now because we've been, we are the ones that have suffered the most from the date of slavery to the point now that we yeah. think we're free. We are not as free as we think we are because we are not yeah. impacting decisions that are made by elected officials the way that we should. And we celebrate a lot of our black elected officials when they come home on the weekend. But we don't know yeah. if they're doing anything in our best interest when they vote for everybody else to get a better quality of life. He's exactly right. correct. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and I was going to say, um, and, and, and what you're talking about, Willie, is that we, we know and how things used to work when we send the candidates home for the for the weekend, but we would pile <laughs> asses up with a whole lot of work to make sure they stayed in the community so people would know or get out there to try to see them or what they were doing. But I would say to yeah. Darvin with this is that what we need to do, what, what you're saying, Darvin, and what Willie was just affirming, is that you have to, yes, after this election and, and throughout the through this, after you win on November 3rd, on November 5th, I'm going to give you a day, but on November 5th, right, on Thursday, right. on Thursday sure, sure. you need to call all the pastors together and host a roundtable, and every last one of them needs to assign and appoint a civic engagement officer. And right, that right. individual will then need to be responsible to getting the team together so that they can start monitoring and making sure they're doing right. reports and having everyone's email, the whole congregation, their email address, everything else, where they yes. start sending out emails yes. to them about sure. what's happening sure. and what's going on at the city council. City council meeting is going on. We need to be at the meeting. And then you designate 
a number of people, you get 15 to 20 to 25 people to start showing up at every one of those city council meetings. All they got to do is sit there. Sure. They ain't got to say right. that. They just need to be seen right. and recognized. And then you get one yeah. person up to be the spokesperson for whatever bill and whatever piece of legislation comes up, and you say we support or we don't support. And we represent all the churches. You said there's a black church on every corner. Then on every you. corner, every one of them, they need to have a – you guys need to have a monthly or bimonthly meeting. You don't need to do it every right. month because you don't need to meet just to meet. But bimonthly, every other month you meet, and every other month you pull together all the stuff that's going on at the city council or at the state legislature so that you guys know right. what's happening. And you do like the LGBTQ did. You do like, like the uh, – um, what was it? The uh, – um, uh, Ralph Reed, the, uh, the the conservatives, I can't remember their names now, but Ralph Reed's group, and they start putting mm-hmm. in place policies and groups, and they would just keep fighting and can fight. They didn't care that they lost, because they knew that right. after a while, right. they were going to be able to build up. 30 years ago, when LGBTQ started, I think it was just LGB, or, or just you know gay and lesbian. Then they yeah. added the T. Then they added the Q. Then they added another letter. I don't even know all the letters what they stand for. But then they added they added a letter every ten years. Thirty years later, right. what are they? One of the most powerful lobbying groups in this country. They yeah. got Obama to change his mind. They got the Supreme Court to change their mind. They got state legislatures yeah. to change their mind. And the and the woman out of Kentucky, that that darn uh, uh, county clerk, just lost her case at the Supreme Court. Right, and now she's got um, I think Mitch McConnell, somebody standing with her trying to uh, no, she's got uh, 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 Hopper, whatever that uh, uh, senator was um, out there supporting her now. So they get out there and they try to do what they can do, and they've been able to sue people for discrimination, for uh, you know, for their uh, sexual orientation and and same sex marriage and everything. When they said that you know the same sex marriage was legal and everybody went got married. They, in, in essence, accomplished what they were trying to accomplish, and now they are one of the power, most powerful lobbying groups out there. Tell me who is the most powerful lobbying group for black folks? Exactly. Question. Exactly. Yeah. We don't so, have so one. If I have to, if I probably means, Brother Kelly, that we don't have one. Then we don't have We don't have one. We don't have one. I can tell you this. I can tell you this, Brother Kelly, and, and to the intellectual brother in California, man, he, he I, I understand that the issues that, that, that are preeminent and, and germane to, to the political scene there in California may be a little bit different from the issues in Washington, D.C., which that may be a little bit different from the city of Hopkinsville. But I do know that the pertinent issues is, is, is public school education, uh, affordable housing, yeah. uh, small business development, the economy. And, and, and and here's another thing. Here's another thing. I just I did the town hall, the town hall that you was on. You you part of town hall when sure. we talked about the, the charter schools and this and, and because they, sure. they're they're state funded and we take those state dollars. Yeah. Since they go and try to yeah. dismantle our public schools, then you can together the church can start a charter school and the church will get the state money that's gonna go to public school, but you take all them black and brown public school kids are gonna go to that school to your church school, and the state will right. pay you to do it. So since they want to put sure. the system in place, let's figure out how to use the system the same way that other people use it and manipulate it to our advantage. So fine, since you want to do that, 
every church can have a, 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 a elementary school, a junior high school, and a high school, and the state's gonna have to fund sure. it. And you can take all those kids that would have been in the in the public school at the, at the um, wherever it was, they can come to your school. It's still a, a charter public a public charter school, and they can and the state will be paying you to be able to put them in there and house them, feed them, do everything you need to do for them, and then you can teach them. The, the curriculum that you want them to learn. And as I said in the town hall, we can then probably eliminate some of the violence, some of the um, sure. crime, yeah. all the things in our exactly. community, because now we're giving them what they need. You can have a technology school. Right. You can then have a, yeah. a, a, a business school. You can have another one over on the other side. So you can actually create your school and curriculum around positions of, of uh, employment so they know exactly what they are learning. They can learn uh, electrician, uh, be an electrician. Sure. Electrician making a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a year, wiring houses and, and coming out when everything goes because everyone's calling people. They don't look glamorous, yeah. they don't look beauty, but they're paying a whole lot of money. And mm-hmm. black folks need to understand that when we start voting and we vote for things of that nature, when we can vote for making sure that uh, infrastructure is in place so that we can build mm-hmm. on that infrastructure. Then our communities right. get better, and it has to happen at that city level. Now, let, let, let me switch yeah. even further now, because the truth of the matter is, is that we are at a crisis as black folks. And when you got a Donald Trump that lies as much as he lies, cheats as much as he cheats, and <laughs> continues to do so, even after his behind could have, would have, should have expired if he didn't have all the tech, all the resources and medical aid that the American people are paying for his behind the half, his butt would have been locked up in intensive care somewhere. But because of all the medical treatment that he had at Walter Reed, he can be able to leave and go home in three days and say, I'm great. We know he ain't great, but he can just say that. Right, the idea right, of that right. is that we need to make sure that our people understand what is at stake. And like you said, you said yes. you don't know if they understand yes. what to say. In Kentucky, in yes. California, in D.C., in Virginia, in right. Milwaukee, in all these states, sure. these battleground states, black folks need to understand yeah. what's at stake because too many of them are falling behind. And what the worst problem is, is that it's black men falling behind this fool. Black women know he's a liar. Black women know he's a fool. But black men right. are falling this ignorant behind. And for whatever reason, I don't understand it. And I, and I talked to some of my Republican friends, and they said because of the strength and power, he, he shows himself. How does this man show himself as strength and power? I get it, but then I don't get it. Because the truth of the matter is, is that you would never, if, if Obama did an if of this, not even a full tenth, right. an if, oh, yeah. you know yeah. McConnell, everybody would have been uh, um, um Oh, Boehner, all them people have been trying to slam him and, and put it. I mean, he tried to give people health care, and they didn't want that. He's like, let me give you health care so we can build our infrastructure. We can hold, you know, build ourselves up so we don't have to be sick all the time. We can do this, and people can afford it, and you're not paying all this money right. out. Right. You're not losing people. You're not losing employees, and we're build, being, being able sure. to build our cities and build our economy. No, nah, we don't want that. that no, nah, we don't want that. But now they don't mind taking it themselves as we just paid for with Trump, but they don't want us to have it. And that's the thing. They don't want black folks to have it. They don't want brown folks to have it. They don't want immigrants to have it because they're not, they're immigrants. They're not from Norway. They're from Guatemala, 
Afghan, uh, 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 Honduras, Mexico, Haiti, Africa, you know, those immigrants, they don't want to have it. How are you going to educate and teach your people there in Kentucky? What's at stake in this next 30 days? Well, I, I, I think that's a, a great question, Kelly, and I, I think my brain has continued to, to flow and overflow in terms of, of how I want to answer uh, that particular question. And I think I'll start off, Kelly, by using your language, the language that you use here. Uh, for this particular conversation is destiny and truth, the destiny of truth. We understand that, that, that as black people, our destinies are definitely uh, are tied up in, in the upcoming election, the political processes uh, on, on a local, state, and national level. Our destinies are determined by the truth that we tell, the truth that we live out here in the upcoming three and a half weeks. I, I'm trying to be a truth teller to my people, Okay. I'm trying to to help them to understand what the truth is, the truth of the situation, the truth of the policies that that sometimes trickle down from from Frankfurt and sometimes that they don't. The truth uh, of our neighborhoods, the truth of the black community, the truth of black economics, black politics, black socialisms, black church, black schools, black education. I'm trying to help them to understand the truth of, of black culture, the truth of black history, the truth of black leadership, the truth of, uh, of what it means to, to have uh, brown skin and, and be kidnapped from our native land of Africa and brought to the, the soil of, of these United States of America for the economic benefit of the slave master. I need them to understand historical truths, truths that they see and truths that they don't see, Kelly. But, but you, you have to do it strategically. You have to, to have a strategy. You have to help them to understand what it means to be aware of the body of knowledge that's out there in terms of why we are in the situation that we're in and why we experience the things that we do. Our feelings get hurt so easily when we're overly emotional and, 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 and under strategic. We, you have to be truthful with people. So I'm, 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 I've always been committed as a preacher, as a funeral director, as a writer, as a scholar, as a theologian. I've always been committed, Kelly, and my friend in California, to, to tell the truth of our people mm-hmm. to our people, mm-hmm. to help them to understand that this is where our destiny lies. The Bible says the truth shall set us free. The Bible says that Jesus is the truth, the life, and the way. No other man can come to God but through Christ. The Bible says that, that, that Jesus, in, 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 in being our Lord and Savior, and God is our Father, and the Holy Spirit is our comforter and our sustainer, the one who calms us down, is the revealer. Of truth to our people, mm-hmm. so I just try to tell them the truth, Kill. I, I talk to them, you know. We we, we narrativeize things, and, and we speak in parables. We speak in poetry. We speak in music. We, we we speak in prayer. We speak in meditation. We speak in organizational and governmental legislative meetings. We speak in the church. I, I just try to inform our people as best I can, Billy Kelly, by way of telling them the absolute truth, even if it pisses them off. I want them to know the truth of who we are and why we are in the situations that we're in leading up to this very, very historical election in, in which I feel as though we need to do all we can uh, to unseat the incumbent president, for sure. Everything. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's why I, 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 uh, I emphasize the idea of helping them understand what's at stake with another Mitch McConnell. Look at Kentucky sure. State University. There you go. And and look at look yep. at Kentucky State University and uh, and President um, um, I can't think of his name right now um, I just lost it um, and Kentucky State Historical Black College 
65 percent white enrollment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the truth, and and you gotta you gotta give it to him like that. You gotta give them to him like I said this morning, like like I said in my opening. The Supreme Court, these federal courts, mm-hmm. and, and the legislation. The legislation doesn't end when the person leaves office. So literally, right, right. you, your child, and your grandchild will be affected for the next hundred years. Mm-hmm. That's right. Even if you even if you just look mm-hmm. at the next forty years. Like I said, if you just look at the next forty years, if you're forty years old right now and you go to eighty, your child is ten, she's at thirty, and and if she has a child or she's at forty and they have a child, I mean, literally, you could end up impacting the rest of your life and your grandchildren and your children's lives for everything that's, that's right. going on. With that's this, right. with, with Mitch McConnell right. in office. Because he's going to make sure that he puts this Republican woman on the bench if they can do it. That's the irony of it all is that Democrats in 16, not on this, she, oh, I need to love you, I need to like you, I need to want you. And the fight that they were talking about for Merrick Garland, if they had thought about it and kept that in their mind, they would have elected Hillary, regardless of whether they liked her or not. Instead of saying, I'm not going to vote for her, I'm not going to vote at all, I'm going to let uh, Donald Trump win. And they gave up not only um, uh, uh, Merrick Garland's seat, which was rightfully Obama's seat, but then they end up giving up another seat. Democrats yeah. at this point would be a 6-2 to two majority as opposed to a 6-2 or 6-3 to three majority as opposed to being a 6-3 to three minority right now. Right, but right, they are, they right. are, they have been they have mm-hmm. been left because mm-hmm. they lost the mm-hmm. value of what they were fighting for when they were bitching about Mayor Garland and McConnell. They didn't like mm-hmm. what he did to McConnell. I mean to Obama, but then they didn't support and help Obama get what he needed. Now Obama should have done some things, but they didn't sure. do what they should have done because literally eleven thousand in Michigan, sixteen thousand in Wisconsin, and another twenty thousand in Philadelphia. Come on now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The black folks around there should have done that and done it immediately because they would have been looking at what was going forward, but they were too busy looking at what has been in the past. They were looking backwards sure. instead of forward. And they were blaming right, other folks right. for the past instead of looking at what was coming up. And now we're sitting sure. here at this, epi- at this epicenter, this inflection point, this divine <laughs> point of, of decision and action that we need to take because literally, somebody's got their knee on our neck, and they are willing to kill us and willing to have us die because we are no value to them. None right. whatsoever. That's correct, Kelly. All You're them correct. black folks that came up in that Republican convention talking about this man is not a racist, they parse words saying he didn't say that this didn't happen and that didn't happen. You're right. He didn't say that. But what he did say <laughs> – was that everybody was good on both sides. What he did say was that we need to go back to our own country. What he did say is I only want people from Norway here. What he did say was, yeah, I don't care about uh, you people over there. Send them black women back to where they came from. They don't have no right telling us what to do in our country. Yeah, that's what he did say. Mm -hmm. But you didn't Mm -hmm. say those things. You said what he didn't Mm -hmm. say, trying to make us believe that he said it. Yeah. And from Herschel Walker yeah. to the other brother to all of them to even even your attorney general there in Kentucky, 
They yeah. sell out yeah. and they that that yeah, I'm gonna leave it right there. I, I wanna say something else but about it, I'm gonna leave Kelly, it right go there. Ahead and, Kelly, Kelly, go ahead and tell your readers this. I haven't seen those jobs that black people have gotten under Trump. They ain't got none. Trump lies all the time. Where are the jobs? What type of jobs? How much they're paying for? And where are they? We have to stop grabbing stuff that's not right. there. Exactly. What I would tell the Trump I said the, the Democrats, you have to get out and vote for Biden and Harris. And in every all 10 targeted U.S. Senate states, you have to vote for the Democrats in there before these people completely make you irrelevant when it comes to being African-American with dark pigmentation in your skin. If you right, want right. to make a difference in the next generation so we can learn how to hold our money in our community, pass on wealth, we have to make sure the people who care about us are the ones that are making the decision. Republicans have right. never cared about us if you look at their policy. Mitch right. McConnell are holding every, every, every policy that have come from the House that would have made life better, including those with COVID. And this last time I checked, is people that looks like me are the ones that are suffering mostly from COVID. And he right. will right. not put the president will not put the resources into the state right. so you can have the PPE equipment and also get the test and trace it. And we're suffering. When do we right, say enough right. is enough and do the reset like you said on your show and make the difference in our kids' lives? Even if it doesn't have a negative, a positive impact on ours right now, we have to start building the next generation so they are better off than we ourselves are. Right, right. And I, well, it shouldn't be you, me, you, I, you said it right. I want to I, uh, I add. I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, oh, go ahead Trump inherited 2 million jobs. Less than in, in, in eight years, she got 20 million jobs. Less than eight months, he squandered 30 million. That's there, and 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 literally, I had I had a Republican on my show earlier this year before before COVID hit, or probably right after COVID hit, and he was telling me about all these jobs that were coming up um, this year because of of the tax cut and everything that was going on. But he contradicted himself because. He said, they haven't actually started hiring yet. They're going to hire next year. I said, okay, sure. well, I'm sorry. Where are these jobs at? Because the CEOs who he got who got the tax cuts told Trump, told the American people, and told Congress they wasn't hiring nobody else. They was going to take the money and reinvest it in their business. This is exactly what they have them, and that is why the stock market is where it is. That is not the American people investing in the stock market. That is those corporations and those high CEOs and those. Conversation that we're having this evening, 
when I think about destiny of truth, and I'm going back to your language, Kelly, destiny and truth, destiny of truth, where, where black folk are concerned. I want to remind our audience, our readers, and, and our constituents of the fact that, that, that the Republican critique is, is, is fundamental and it's very, very appropriate. When we critique our, our Republican president, our, our Republican politicians, our Republican leaders, we, we're, we're asking them to take our existence uh, uh, more seriously than, than they mm-hmm. do. But let me also let, let me also let me let me let me let me let me throw a pin in it in, in that that I, I, I want to remind our audience as well that the Democratic Party must do better. Uh, and oh, they're not beyond reproach. Yeah. They're not beyond reproach. Yeah. They're not beyond no. critique. They need to do better nationally, statewide, and locally. My good friend Malcolm L. 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 Shabazz X wrote in his book, By Any Means Necessary, that he found in his lifetime of dealing with politicians and political leaders, so on and so forth. Brothers, he told me that he found that there were way more racists in the Democratic Party than there was in the Republican Party. And he found it to be true. So, so I, 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 not, only mm-hmm. not only am I critiquing mm-hmm. Republicans, not only am I critiquing Republicans for not having the best interests of African American people on American soil, but I feel that there's a number of Democrats who, who behind mm-hmm. closed doors are, are are not situating Black people and responding to their, their needs and their wants and their deprivations and their poverties and who are satisfied with keeping us in the status quo situation that we find ourselves in. So we got to critique, talk about, challenge, and be up close and personal with prophetic truth to the Democratic Party just as much as you do the Republican Party, my brothers. Everything Absolutely. is on the table, brother. Absolutely. Right. And, 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 and I would even go so far to say as if we drop our affiliation and become independent and make them both fight for it. And say, right. okay, fine. Right. So you come on, you fight for it. But you know what you're going to do when you fight for it and you get it this time? Is that you're going to make sure you pay me. Because you're going to make sure yeah. I have right. policies right. in place. Right. I have positions. Right. I have positions of authority. I have positions of decision making. I'm on the conference sure. and committee of import and export. I'm on the board of FDIC. I'm on this commission. Because what most Americans don't know is that there are 400 boards and commissions at, at, at the federal level in which the, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the president appoints these people, and they are making life-changing decisions on our behalf, and we don't even know who go. the hell they are. I used to That's appoint right. them to those positions, and they had to come to my office and sit in my office in the White House and be interviewed by me, and if I didn't like them, they butt in getting nothing. If I liked them, I right. gave it to them, but I made them aware what their responsibility was and who their right responsibility was to. Because we don't yeah. get those opportunities and we don't get those chances. And we need to understand that and we need to hold people accountable. So I'm with you. There's, there's racist Democratic Party as well as the Republican Party. We can sort of train and hold some of the Democrats accountable where we yeah. have enough black folks in the Republican Party to do that. Because see, the Democrats need us to get what they got, but they try it and we don't hold them accountable. But they have used us to get what they want and they're back. So then what we have to do is find backpedal and back your ass out because we ain't voting for you next time around. But we don't do that because right. unfortunately it's critical. Every election is critical for us. So we have to make it yep. where it's less critical because we have more power. But we can do that when we vote collectively for ourselves and we vote with an agenda hand. When we come mm-hmm. back, we can say, mm-hmm. okay, Biden, mm-hmm. here's our agenda. Kamala, hold him and Kelly, and Kelly, can I add? 
Can I add something to what my brother just said from from? Kentucky? Go ahead, because I got I got I got uh, ten minutes. We've already gone over. I'm, I got ten minutes. But go ahead. Okay, I am I am in total agreement with him, but this election, our choices are clear. We know what Mitch McConnell and Trump and the Republicans have done that has not in any way, shape, or form benefited yeah, yeah. the core black community. This election is clear on the choices as to why we need to vote and who we need to vote for. But even after we've done that, I'm with the brother. We need to build the infrastructure throughout the black community, throughout this country, to hold people accountable, enforce our agenda, and when they don't hear us, these elections are frequent. Then we know how to make the choices to continue to play the same game that mm-hmm. others are playing to get the maximum for their community from government that they deserve and should have for their community. I totally right. agree with you. Right. Yes, sir. We, we, we can go vote. Can go and, vote. Exactly. And don't let them go vote. And don't let them tell you that those opportunity zones are for us. Those opportunity They're zones not. are not for black folks. Those opportunity no, bonds are for rich white folks, and they're tax-free. Yes. They're tax-free, yeah. and when they pay taxes on yes. anything that they invest in there. Now, what they'll do is they'll build an infrastructure, and they'll lease you office space because you'll come in with your small business, and they'll lease you office space. But, hell, you can go anywhere and get your office space. You don't need to get it there. Right. That's yeah. not benefiting you. Okay? You're right. The tax, but, but tell the me, tax tell benefits you. are benefiting the folks who are investing the $100 million that they require for you to be able to get in there. And if you don't have 250000 right. in capital, in equitable yeah. capital, you cannot even invest in the Opportunity <clears throat> Zone, and they will not let you include your per, uh, personal property. So how many there black folks are going to take $250,000 out their personal retirement funds and invest in the Opportunity Zone that they don't know is going to work or bring back their investment? And do sure. it. They're not. So they end up with another scheme for rich people. And it's another it's another tax haven for rich folks. And it uh, and you have to have a minimum of a hundred million million dollars in order to do it. Darvin, tell me sure. what's at stake, my brother. Yes, what's at stake? Uh, uh, I, I and, and I, I I don't I'm not gonna reference the late great W. E. Du Bois The Souls of Black Folk, which he published in the early 19th century while black folk were being lynched and killed and, 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 and destroyed and impoverished and deprived and, and ran over and railroaded and so on and so forth. I wouldn't say that our souls are at stake, but I would certainly say that our existences, our existence as black folk, our existence as human beings, our existence as a people created in the image of God, our existence as, as, as the very people who modernized and developed the American economy in the first place. I would say that our existence, Kelly, our bodies, our, our minds, our spirits, it's all in it. If we don't do what the Lord is telling us to do in, in, in the next couple of weeks and, and vote the right candidate based on the policy issues and based on legislation needed for our communities and, and who our leaders are and who our leaders aren't, who our voices are and who our voices aren't black, we're going to be in big, big trouble. Our existence within everything else that is within us, Brother Kelly and the intellectual brother from California, it's on the line in the next two or three weeks. It's the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter, as an avid fan of, of, of the late, great Kobe Bryant, we need to make sure that our people are taking the last shot 
a good shot, a high percentage shot at changing things in the black community and changing things in the entirety of these United States of America. Our existence, our existence is what's at stake. I love it. I love it. Willie, what's at stake, man? Uh, I think I don't think I could say it better than my 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 brother, uh, the honorable brother from Kentucky. Uh, what's at stake is is returning to a full blown slavery where our lives ah. are at ah. KKK white supremacy. Uh, yes. At stake is whether we have a new generation and an opportunity ah. for us to prosper in this country. And you know what? The United States is at stake. Absolutely. We're at yeah. risk if the same person is the is president for another four years, and if the Senate stays in the hand of Mitch McConnell for another four years, the entire United mm-hmm. States is at stake. But for black people, That's right. the return of the enforcement of slavery and all that came with it from Jim Crow, <coughs> you name it. That's what's at stake, right? And we can make a it. difference. We can make yeah. a difference if we stand up and step forward and cast our ballot. November 3rd, and in every state, early voting, get it done. And know that you need to vote for Biden and Harris and every Democrat in every targeted U.S. Senate district and keep the House. And then to never make sure you do the same thing on down tickets when it comes to city, county, school district, and and on and on. And and, and if you you leave uh, uh, Bill Barnes, it's going, it's going to really be bad. It's going to really be bad. Yeah. I want to thank my guest yeah. tonight. I want to thank my Dr. Darwin Adams I, city councilman from Hopkinsville, Kentucky, and of course my good friend thank Willie Pelote, the principal of Pelote Strategic Advisors there in Sacramento, California. Black America, I can't emphasize enough. Don't be fooled and don't bamboo. Register to vote and another say today is the last day. 29 days before the election, today is the last day. If you are not registered or moved since the last time you voted or didn't vote in the primary or the general election this year or in 2018 or the last special election, go online and register to vote right now before it's too late. Everyone listening to me right now and get on your social media, text it, tweet it, Instagram it to to your friends, your family, and tell them today is the last day to register to vote for the general election and go to www.vote.org, vote.org, and you can register to vote right there online in your state, pull it up, do it, and then they'll fill out, you fill out all information and get it in there. Some places you can register to vote and vote at the same time. Find out what you have in your state. Willie told you, by now, you should know. We should not be telling you this by now. You should already be registered by now. But for those of you fools who sitting on your behind who did not do it, get up, get on your phone, get on your computer, register to vote online, make sure you get it done today because it's the last day. Some states still give you some grace period, but unless it's your state, today is the last day. Vote by mail. Don't put it in the mail. Hand carry it in. And I don't care if it's like Texas where they reduced it all down to one darn county and one darn box in the state. That's where you drive to. You drive it to there, yeah. and you do like Willie. Willie's about to drive 500 miles up to Oregon to get his son's absentee ballot, fill it out, and drive all the way back down to make sure it's there. Black people, it's time for the Black Reset. On November 3rd, it's about us. Vote. I want to thank my uh, friend and my family right there. Uh, Darwin, 
Darvin uh, Adams, and of course, thank you, Kevin. I appreciate you guys. I love you, both. and uh, Darvin, I'm gonna be on you. I'm gonna be hollering at you, and we're gonna stay in touch because trust me, my brother, we're gonna win this race, and we're gonna take care of that woman. All right, man. Thank you for listening to Black Politics Today. An eye for what's at stake in global politics with your host, Kelly Michael Williams. Join us live each Monday from 7 to 8 p.m. Until next time, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and download us on iTunes at Black Politics Today. <laughs>